Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. This is the How to Trade It podcast. We talk about the real stories behind successful traders. You will learn the strategies that the best traders use in today's markets. And we get those experts to show us how to trade it. Hey everybody, this is Casey Stubbs, and on today's episode of the How to Trade a Podcast, I'm here with TJ or TJ Troy Noonan from the Backpack Trader. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm good, Casey. How are you? Thanks for having me on. You're welcome, and thanks for coming on. I'm really excited to have you on here today. So uh, you call yourself the Backpack Trader. I don't have any idea why you do that. Why do you call yourself the Backpack Trader? <laughs> Good question. It's not because I like to schlep a backpack around, but it's a symbol of freedom, actually. And the way I got started actually has to do with backpacking through Europe as a result of one of my best trades ever. And so the backpack trader was born okay. uh, many years ago. So you made a lot of money on a trade and you're like, to celebrate, you went backpacking across Europe. Is that what happened? Yeah. At the time, it was in the early 90s. And it was an infamous trade. It was before I even knew what I was doing. I happened to catch the same trade that was later infamously became known as the trade that broke the Bank of England that George Soros made his billions on. He made billions. I made a wife. Then the backpack <laughs> trader was born. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the symbol of freedom is good, which is one of the reasons why people love to pursue the idea of trading. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got started in with trading. Yeah. So back in those days, I received a, a brochure in the mail, actually, just randomly. And I saw this thing called Head and Shoulders. It wasn't a shampoo. Definitely got me interested. And it turned out at that point in time, I'm like, hmm, let me give this a shot. I think I like this. So I studied a little more. And it was a head and shoulders pattern that I saw where I shorted the British pound against the dollar. And just as luck would have it, that was the trade that broke the Bank of England. But that's how I got started. I used to receive my paper charts in the mail every week and fill in my charts by hand from the uh, closing prices in the Wall Street Journal every day. Wow, that's pretty good. So besides your awesome, successful trade before you knew what you were doing, how was your progression to becoming successful from that point? Yeah, so lots of trials and tribulations. You know, I was just winging it. There was no way to really learn how to trade. You know, I read some books, but a couple of things I learned at the time was that you had to really respect the markets. There was a time when discount brokers were like $50 commissions round turn, and I was working with one, and I made a bunch of money trading crude oil, made about 12 grand over three weeks or so, and then I lost it all in one day. And that kind of woke me up and got me on this course to start learning really how to trade and figure out how to do what I do now. It took many years to get here. So what was one of the big things that helped you turn it around? Yeah, that came years later. In the late 90s during the dot-com boom, where anyone can 
place to trade and make money. If you could fog a mirror, you can make money as a trader. And I went backpacking through Europe again, and I was jumping in and out of the internet cafes that were starting to pop up around Europe. And I'd jump in there and check on my trades, make some trades, hop on a train, go to the next place. And it was a real renaissance experience for me. And I realized that I was hooked at that point. The lifestyle of just freedom and being able to play some trades, make a bunch of money and kind of just wake up when you're done sleeping, not have to answer to anybody. Anyway, I still needed structure. I still had to figure out what I was doing because in those days, like I said, anyone can make money. And I ended up finding this, I answered an ad online. The internet had all of a sudden become a part of our lives. I answered an ad, sat in on a webinar and ended up buying a strategy from a company called NetPicks. And they heard me talking with some people on one of their forums with some other customers. And one day the phone rang out of the blue and it was one of the owners of NetPicks. And after a short conversation, he asked me if I wanted to join his growing company and come in as their first trade coach. I was like, that stunned me. The phone call came from out of the blue. I'd never been a trade coach before, but I went ahead and accepted their offer. They made me a nice offer. And within a month or so after that, I was moderating and calling their live trade room, which was brand new also. I basically started their live trade room. And that's another story unto itself. But I attribute everything that I've learned to just countless hours in front of the markets, in the markets, calling live trades with tons of people hanging on my every word, placing trades, of course. And that's kind of how my career took off. Wow. And what year was that when you started in that picks room? I want to say it was around 2005 or 2006. Oh, wow. Roughly. Long time ago. Yeah. Interesting. Amazing. Yeah. We have some similarities. I was actually also in Europe in the late nineties from 96 to 99, I lived in Germany. Oh. So I enjoyed that European lifestyle. And I was also trading a lot then. It was pretty easy. <laughs> until, right. You could do no wrong. Yeah. It was just until the big crash of 2000 was when it got a little harder. <laughs> That's when I realized that I had to learn even more, you know, and figure out really how to trade because the markets change. They're always changing. Yeah. And when I started uh, getting interested in currency trading, NetPix was actually like the very first education that I ever experienced as well. I was in a NetPix trading room. I don't remember you being in there. It might have been a different guy, but I was in a NetPix room for a short period of time. Yeah. They may have had a Forex room at some point before me. I don't know. It was that later on. It was like, I'd say 2009, maybe, is when I did oh, it. Oh, okay. So, but anyways. So what are some of the key things that you like to trade? Like what are some of your favorite strategies? Okay, so I've developed several over the years. One of my favorites is the counterpunch trader. And it uses this idea that you wait for the markets to get tired and then you come out swinging, counterpunch. And so that's been very successful. And I use it to trade uh, crude oil mostly. I trade the crude oil inventory report each week. It comes out, I record it, do it live in my trade room. And I've been doing that for many years. I post a lot of the replays on my YouTube channel. I'd like to swing trade Forex, although I'm starting to day trade one particular strategy. And that's a different strategy that came after Counterpunch, my Spotlight Power Trader. Those are probably my two best strategies. So I wanted to ask you about your Counterpunch for a minute. The market gets tired, right? So you're saying that it has a big move and then it's like a consolidation where it's kind of maybe just ranging a little bit. Is that kind of what you're looking for? Well, I mean, that could happen too. So it's a set of 
different indicators, mostly price action confirmation. And my strategies are all price action based. And I try to stack a few different pieces together that look for patterns that tend to repeat and you could predict the outcome, what the next thing is going to happen at a high degree. It's not always waiting for a consolidation, although that could be one of, there's several setups basically. So if the sellers get tired, you're looking to buy, but you need the price action to confirm before you place the trade, if that makes sense. Okay. And then one other question about it. You're saying that it's based a lot on crude inventory news release. Well, that's a specific plan that I enjoy trading because it wins a lot, but you could use the same strategy and trade crude oil each day. You could use the same strategy to trade the E-minis. You could swing trade equities and use those setups to buy calls and puts, use it for Forex. It's very versatile because it's just price action. So it doesn't really care what the symbol is. This happens to work great on crude oil and the inventory report. is. So when does that inventory report usually come out? It usually comes out once a week on Wednesdays at 10.30 Eastern, New York time. Did it come out today? Yes, it did. And I didn't pay because attention me. to it. It's my yeah, fault. because of you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So almost every week when that report comes out, does it give you a pretty good setup? Yeah. So we have these rules that we follow the same way. I've been doing it for years. We wait two minutes and then we just look for the next setup and we go. Right. That's it. Does it have to have like a certain news catalyst? Like does the inventories have to be really reduced or really increased? Or Because sometimes I've traded like news and if there's not a big news release, then nothing really happens sometimes. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because over the last few weeks, it's really like been, we're like yawning through it. It's like, what happened? Where's the reaction? It used to be where you would just see the splat of bars hit the chart and you could see the reaction. It was, you know, that's why we wait two minutes for the markets to settle down. But the last few weeks, it's like, put bores you to tears. It's like, there's no reaction. So yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it gets back to the way it used to be. But it's not that I'm looking for any reaction, uh, like if there's a drawdown in inventory or whatever. I don't even pay attention to what the news release is. I'm just watching the price action and looking for the pattern to come up. And then I just go, I don't think about why. Right. So with a strategy like that, what type of winning percentage are you experiencing with that? Yeah. So that one probably is winning. You know, we hit our goals and then we're done. So if we hit our objective in the first trade, we're basically finished. That's the end. And that happens often. It probably wins, I'm going to guess, around 75% of its sessions were quitting with a positive result. So you have a daily goal that you're trying to accomplish, and sometimes you'll do that even in one trade? Yeah, that's one of the things that I build into my trade plans. It's what I teach because we don't have to trade more to make more money. We just right. trade something that wins a lot, trade less, keep our profits when we make it, and then let the power of compounding do its thing over time. So all my trade plans have that element built into it where you hit your goal. If you do it on the very first trade, we're done. We just duplicate it tomorrow. So what is the daily goal? It's a dynamic target. Usually it's the second target, but it depends on if you're trading multiple positions. Like all my strategies are going to print on the chart. Like if you're at the right edge of the chart, if you can visualize that, you have to make a trade decision. If my strategy has a trade setup, it's going to print on the chart where you're going to see your entry, your targets, your stop, the whole trade planned out and you're going to know exactly what to do. And then you place that trade. And of course, you got rules to follow as the trade progresses. We're going to move our stop to break even when it hits the first target. That's large enough. We could take some profits there, but normally we're going to the second target. And if we hit that, we've hit our goals for the day and we're done. Basically, it's really simple. 
Yeah. And that's in an ebook that I'm going to give everybody. That's one of the powers in that ebook. That's pretty good. I like that. If you don't learn from history, you're going to make the same mistakes over and over again. It would be a shame to let history repeat itself when you could have avoided it altogether. Each week, the Finance and Markets newsletter features a financial history lesson to help you grow. Go to the link in this episode's description to subscribe. So since you're teaching a lot of traders, I'm sure that you get a lot of questions. What is some of the biggest questions you get from beginning traders? Well, it's actually, it relates to what you just asked me because beginning traders are really enthusiastic and all they want to do is trade. They want to trade, trade, trade. So they always say, well, I got this strategy. I could trade so many markets. What should I trade? And I always say, well, I don't know anything about you, but here's some good examples of what you might want to trade. But what I like to do is lead them down a series of questions to help them evaluate themselves and eliminate all the stuff they shouldn't trade. And then they could see the small list remaining of what they should probably focus on. That's a big newbie question. How do they start to eliminate things? Like how would somebody eliminate things so they know what not to trade? Okay, so obviously one would be the amount of capital that you have to trade with. Because if you don't have enough capital, there are certain markets you should stay away from. Another one might be when you're available to trade. Because if a lot of people want to day trade, but then they say, well, I, you know, sometimes I have to go to work. Can I day trade if I, you know, can I do it when I'm driving a truck? Can I pull over and no, <laughs> you can't, but you can swing trade. Well, you can do that actually, but it's not recommended. <laughs> it's not recommended. Exactly. Yeah. The next red light. No, not a good idea because the trades happen when they happen. They don't happen on your time. What I usually tell people is if you want to day trade, set aside an hour or two. There's a trade plan for you that should work if it's during when the markets are active. And maybe some days you won't get any trades. But if you have a good trade plan, you should be able to hit your goals and be finished. That's the backpack trader philosophy, by the way. Trade less, live your life more. That actually sounds uh, kind of similar to some of the stuff that I've been teaching as well. So there's two ways to really increase your wealth in trading, and that is frequency, like lots of trades over and over again, consistency and frequency, and then also scaling. So if you hit one trade a day, if you slowly scale that over time, you'll grow your account and you use the power of compounding to increase your profits. Right. And see, I always say if you trade too much, your odds are you're going to hit that random distribution of wins and losses and you can hit a losing streak and give all your profits back to the market. And now you're stuck with the question, what do I do? I made money. I gave it back. Maybe I'm in the hole. Do I quit? Do I keep trading? Maybe you dig a bigger hole. See, I always say prove your strategy and your trade plan is going to make you money before you start trading live. Like you can go through steps to prove it first. You prove it, you build that foundation of belief for yourself. You practice so that you can execute your trades enough time so that it's like riding a bike, like a reflex. Now you have a proven strategy, you've proven you could execute it, and you have the best chances to succeed at that point. And then you've earned the rights of passage to trade live with real money. And then you keep it small as a percentage of your capital, small risk, I always say 2%. Risk 2% on any proven trade, a trade from a proven plan. And then that 2% grows as your account grows. And the exponential curve comes rather quickly. So when you're saying prove it, are you talking about demo trading beforehand? Demo trading is part of it. But even before that, there's a series of, which starts with 
what I call back testing, fast testing, and back testing, the techniques that I teach. I provide a um, pre-programmed spreadsheet and teach the traders how to use that, build a log of trades. And I want them to experience the good, the bad, the ugly, the great over and over with a specific plan and yet see the equity curve go up and up and up despite some ugly. And that's when you learn that a trade is just a transaction. There's going to be some losers no matter what, but the winners come pouring in and you make money over time. It's a combination of all your trades that grow your equity. So you can prove that a plan is going to do that. And once you prove it to yourself, now you can believe in it. You could take the next trade. And if some losses come, you know it's just part of the natural distribution of wins and losses. It's You're losing 25%. You're winning 75%. Right. You go three steps forward, one step back. That's a money-making business. Right. 75% win rate is a really good percentage. Anytime you can get that, that's a great thing, especially if you have decent risk to reward ratio on it. Yeah. I mean, even in the sixties is good. Even if you're winning 61, 62%, I mean, you can basically hit your financial goals with that. That's a formula for success. So what are some of the big pitfalls that you have seen traders go through and maybe even some of the things you've experienced? What are some of the big dangers? Yeah. So the number one danger, like by far it dwarfs everything. And I've dealt with I don't know. I want to say thousands of traders, but I hate to throw big numbers like that around, but it probably is thousands of traders over the last 15 years. The biggest pitfall is that they don't do that pre-production work and prove it to themselves first. They want to just believe that I did the work. And so they can just ride my coattails and trade what I'm doing and do fine. But then as soon as they get a few losses, they don't know how to handle it and they quit. So that's the number one pitfall, in my opinion, is just... No, it's not. It's, they don't prove it to themselves first, so they uh, cannot believe in what they're doing. Yeah. You can't talk yourself into believing what you're doing. I want them to live through the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, so that they can learn and they can internalize. They could learn from every fiber of their being what it means to make money as a trader and then practice that plan. And then once they've done that, so they can execute perfectly, start trading live. No one has that patience, that microwave mentality. I want to get rich now that they buy the dream. They don't want to buy the actual effort and work that it takes to become successful. Yeah, no, that's very true. So do you think that a lot of false expectations has something to do with that? Or is it just people in general just don't want to do the work? I think both those go hand in hand, actually. And so and here's another dynamic I see all the time. I call it chasing performance. They might even have done some homework, but they wait until the markets look like they're trading well and they see the strategy has some winners and then they decide to start trading. But the problem is they start trading right at the end of the two or three steps forward. And now they're in the one step back and they just started trading. It's like Murphy's Law, right? Murphy came into the house the day they started trading. And then right when they've taken on more pain than they can handle, they quit at the end of the one step back, and then they miss the next two to three steps forward again. And everyone, they find themselves always on the wrong side, out of sync with that curve. Like you want to be in on the forward, right? So that's probably the second biggest thing that gets traders, I think. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing 
everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset, and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. How long do you think on average it takes somebody to figure it out, to go through the different stages and then learn how to trade successfully? Because you know the number is most people do quit and don't make it. For the people that do make it, how long do you think on average it takes them? I've seen people who have been beginners make it immediately because they learn the proper way from the beginning. And then I've seen people that have been trading a very long time have a hard time unlearning bad habits. So it's like a big advantage to be a new person, actually. People say, I'm so new and I'm so confused. I always encourage them to stay with it. So it's like it's different from person to person. But if people could just get out of their own way, what I mean by that is that I think there's a level of surrender and humility that you have to let go of your ego and realize that you don't have to be smarter than the market. See, most people are trying to validate their reason for existence. It's a very primal thing. And losing trades represent pain and pain represents extinction. So they're going to run away from the pain. So how long does it take somebody to separate themselves and not be psychologically invested in the outcome of a trade? That's the key. Yeah, I hate losing trades. Right. Who doesn't? But that's also what gets you. I've got a great story actually about that. that uh, Please share. Okay, so I was in Paris. This was when my first strategy came out. This was probably 12 years ago. I was at the Anandu trading. It was a trading thing, you know, a convention or whatever. And I was demonstrating my strategy to a crowd of traders live. And it was a trade plan, crude oil, as a matter of fact. I had my associate was back covering my trade room in the States and he was calling those trades live to my trade room. I'm in Paris demonstrating these trades. First trade loses. Second trade loses. Remember, we only need to get that winner hitting target two. We were using that same idea. Right. And I was hoping, gee, one and done, that'd be great. No, this was two losses. And now I had to do a third trade. And everyone's watching live and the skepticism and, every, you know, they were starting. Like, what is this guy doing? And so then the mother of all trades happened and the system got long. My guy called the trade in the trade room at the same time. We were laughing about it later. Crude oil went on a $5 run and made uh, $5,000 per wow. contract. Wow. And then, of course, we hit our goals. And here's the thing. What if the first trade was like a 15-cent winner and we made 150 bucks per contract? Oh, yeah, one and done. Thank God we had two losers first because it was the losers that kept us in to grab the big winner. And I always use that as an example because trade plans work in mysterious ways. The results of your trade plan It doesn't matter if the trade wins or loses. If you can keep your money, if you could quit positive a vast majority of the time while minimizing your drawdown. So you minimize your drawdown by trading less. You quit positive most of the time with a trade plan you could prove to yourself. 
And then like that, you can grow your account. And then a year later, you're putting a 10 or 20 contract trade on the very same trade. And it's still a very small percentage of your account. Right. So, I mean, that's how you do it. That's the formula. That's good. Well, you've got a lot of resources at the Backpack Trader. And so could you tell us a little bit about it? And I know you were talking about a free gift, which we've included in the link below. Tell us a little bit about some of your resources and the ebook that you want to give away. Yeah. So the ebook is called The 12 Powers to Successful Trading. And it's got what I consider to be the 12 essential keys to success. And I use those principles in all my strategies. They're built in, including the training. One of the powers is the power of the trade plan. It's a great book, and I think it could help any trader. I would recommend reading it and learning it and making sure that you're applying all those principles to your trading. I think that's a good idea. And then, of course, I've got some really great strategies and got my trade room. I put my YouTube channel on there if you want to see some recordings. Backpack Trader is the YouTube channel. So tell me about a couple of the 12 powers. Like, Give me a little rundown of some of those. Yeah, sure. So like the most important one, like what I consider the root of all evils where most traders just miss this completely is the first power, the power of why. And the why is why are you trading? And if you answer, well, I'm trading to make money, I'm going to go, yeah, that's the obvious answer. But then how come you're not doing the things that reflect that? Like, why are you doing this and doing that? That has nothing to do with making money. That has something to do with other things. You better figure that out. Because if you're trading to make money, then you have to figure out, well, how do you make money? We well, don't make money if this trade wins or loses. You make money if all your trades win and grow your account. I mean, not all your trades win, but win more than you lose, right? So then how do you do it? Well, the next power, the power of the trade plan, because the trade plan you can prove. You can prove it before you risk your money. So why aren't you doing that? So you're not trading to make money. You think you are, but you're not. So you right. have to solve that first and you prove it by your actions, like not what you think, not what you feel not what you want. It's what you do. Right. So that's a very powerful power. It's like without that, everything else falls apart. That's the first one. You don't go to the next one until you solve that. And quite frankly, a lot of people can't because they don't understand one of the powers that come later, the power of surrender. Yeah. I was actually just reading, I read a lot of self-help type books. And this one was talking about, you know, healthy eating. And he's like, if you tell me you're going to eat healthy and I see you got Dorito dust on your fingers... (laughs) It's like, I'll believe the Doritos. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, you mean today? No, I was going to start tomorrow. Yeah. And just the concept of your actions, what you say needs to line up with what you do. And I think that's basically what you were talking about. That's really good, especially in trading. Because in trading, it's really a battle of yourself. You know, you got to master yourself. Yeah. It's actions speak louder than words. So. Just pay attention to your actions. And I always say, here's another question. People say, what's the best indicator? And I always say, you are. Look in the mirror. I mean, what your actions are when you're trading, the things you do when you're trading indicate what you need to work on to improve and become successful. So if you have the humility, if you surrender to things that you cannot control and instead focus on what you can control, one of the things you can control, hopefully, is yourself. So if you can just be honest with yourself and see what you're doing, watch yourself like you're looking out, you know, you're out looking in, I mean, objectively, then that's going to indicate what you need to work on. But people have problems with that. They have a hard time doing that. No, that's really good. And I agree. It's a challenge and something that we're always working on. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. For everyone that's listening in, make sure you guys go get that ebook 
the 12 powers. The link is in the description below, as well as how to connect with TJ on YouTube, his website, which is the Backpack Trader, Instagram, and Facebook. All those links are there. I recommend you go try it out. Get that 12 power ebook. It will probably really make a big difference in your trading, especially if you're struggling. And go ahead and do that. And thank you so much for being on the show, TJ. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Casey. Had a lot of fun. All right. Well, until the next episode of the How to Trade a Podcast, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the How to Trade It Podcast. Our mission is to help you create security in the markets. If you have a question you want me to ask my guests or a specific question you have for me, please email me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. I answer every email I get because this show is about helping you learn how to trade it. So again, please reach me at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you. for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.